Slice Audio. What's shaking? Uh, where are we going to start today? We usually start with music stuff, right? I'm still in the Wu-Tang, but I got to tell you, man, last night, for the first time in a while, I saw an artist that I didn't think I would love. I didn't think I would hate, but turned out I was an instant super fan. If you get a chance to see Charlie Crockett, also there's a guy who opened for him. His name is, uh, what's that dude's name? Vincent Neil Emerson. I got to see them last night. Uh, And holy shit, those are good shows. Add those to your list. Give those guys a spin. I'm a little late to the game on Charlie Crockett, I think, as far as new artists go. But, like, you know, better late than never. Um, Who else did I see lately? Been driving around. I got to spend... Uh, I got to spend the last weekend driving across the mountain west of America, from Fort Collins, Colorado, and Laramie, Wyoming. Fuck, those places are in the middle of nowhere. Well, not Fort Collins. Laramie is. Wyoming and, like, South Dakota, North Dakota, hours. You just go hours. And there's nothing. You city people need to come and see what that's what I was thinking about when I'm driving through there. As I'm thinking about this show, like all you city people need to come and see what it's like if you've never done it before, where you just drive, you drive for two hours and there's not gas station, little town, bars, churches. That's it. More cattle than people. It's magic. Vice versa exists. The rest of you, those of, those of you out here who live in the, live in the hours and hours areas need to go where it's seconds and minutes. It's good for you. Um... Okay, well, I saw. I also saw an art, a country act named Claire Dunn, um, who blew my mind. That um, super cool act. So if you're a country fan, you listen to this, you're looking for something new, there's your new music. I'll throw some of that stuff on uh, the Book of Murdoch. Spotify. It feels weird. I'm recording this. Usually I do this at, like, night, and the office is empty, and, the and like, the... You know, the town is quiet, and I'm looking at the emptiness, and, like, right now I'm in the hustle and bustle of downtown Rapid City. In Studio 4B from the Home Slice Media Group. Um, I don't know, there's people walking around. Feels weird. Maybe this episode will be weird. We should start with, you want to start with take backs? So like la- okay, last episode, I'm gonna pull this up. I wanna watch <laughs> I wanna watch the trailer to this. I didn't have time to watch the Velocipastor. If you remember last episode, that's a real thing. Um Velocipastor. <laughs> the Velocipastor movie. Again, if you didn't if you missed last week, the Velocipastor is an American comedy horror film. And the plot follows Pastor Doug Jones, who becomes infected by an artifact, resulting in him turning into a velociraptor when he becomes angry. <laughs> and there's Christian drug dealing ninjas. His parents die in a car fire. There's somehow, there's, there's a hot prostitute. And gangs. There's a lot of shit going on in this movie, according to the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I can't. Okay, let's watch. I feel like we're gonna play the trailer here, right? 
the Velocipaster. Official trailer. Let's take this in, shall we? I'd like to play everybody a little bit of audio. And then this is, and then, and then we're going to watch, this is our homework. We're going to watch this and then we're going to talk about this next episode. I guess I'm ripping off that. How does it get made? I, I guess it won't be that good. Okay, we got. Listen to this. This is ninjas fighting a guy in his underwear. Apparently, this pastor is actually trained in the arts of ninja and whitey tidies. Okay. The Velocipasta. The Velocipasta. How long has it been since your last confession? So here's Pastor Priest Doug or whatever it is. And like he beats up, he's a pastor. Remember that TV show in the 70s where the pastor was like a crime fighter, you know? <laughs> Hell Town, I think it was called. <laughs> it was a little in that vein. And then, okay, we gotta just keep playing this here. The painful girl, I don't know why. Is it all Australian? That somehow makes me happy, if it is all Australian. Australians are just funny-talking Wyomans, if you think about it. We're all just neighbors. Um, okay. So there's the good-looking sex worker. Amazing. What are you talking about? The time you turn into a dinosaur and eat something. <laughs> what? Dinosaurs. You guys. What? So apparently he didn't know he turned into a dinosaur and ate a bunch of people. But from the trailer, it seems like it turns on this sex worker. So she's kind of into it, which, you know, I guess that'd be on brand if I was going to make this movie. Um, I'm real excited for this. It's on, I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's also on Tubi. Tubi's when you know it's going to be shit. But but it it looks like a bunch of potheads got together and just made a movie. And the budget's like 35 grand on it. I'm so goddamn excited to watch this movie. That is going to be my weekend. I'm going to get that done this weekend. I think I'm. I think this is. You know, kids, you shouldn't do drugs. But if there was ever a movie to eat a fuckload of mushrooms to and watch, I think it would be the Velocipaster. <laughs> okay. Um. There's some takebacks. What else? Oh, for I gotta actually say it. As of yesterday, that stupid Mark Houston and that Whiskey at Work podcast is the number one. I actually have to say this on this show. I'm so fucking annoyed. Those unfunny drunks have the number <laughs> have the number one podcast on our pond, the Home Slice Podcast Network. And I gotta hand it to them. It's because they they are consistent with episodes, man. I think some of you listen to this and your content creators. God, listen to me wheeze on this. I'm we. I have. I have. I have a half a sinus thing, so I'm just wheezing through this. Sorry. Um, but like, those of you who like content, you make content, you fancy yourself a content er, you want to be in the content world, maybe even an influencer one day, like your old Papa Murdoch. Well, you gotta be consistent. Proof in the pudding. This show was kicking that show's ass a year ago because, like, it was it was it was every two weeks. Here's an episode. You do it like clockwork. All of a sudden, you've got a, thousands of people. It's not that hard. But you know, if you're fucking lazy Murdoch and you take a couple months off and do an episode, take a couple months off, do an episode. Don't have any more advertisers because you're not doing episodes. Not that anybody's mad. They'll be back when they get cooking again. 
and like their machine kept going faster than mine. It'll be it might be my regret of 2021 or 2022, I guess. I can't believe I have to hand it to Rob Henry and 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 Mark Houston. I'm actually secretly really happy for him. Also, it's going to work out, right? <clears throat> that that was the nice little mental Rochambeau I needed. There's your there's your there's your we try to put a little actual, you know, self actualization into this podcast. It's good for you to take a loss once in a while because that's how I'm going to build the biggest podcast this state's ever seen. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? It's good motivation. I like that we're all competing a little bit. It makes that's what makes the shows better. That's why content gets good. We've got momentum. I'm really proud of these people at Home Slice. Um, this is a kick-ass company filled with kick-ass people doing kick-ass things. And you should check some of them out. Uh, boom, boom, boom. I guess we want to start with some news, I guess. I don't know. I still don't. Nothing, nothing yet to add in the, at, the, at the Ukraine. Um, Will Smith, there's an update. What they, they just came out today. I'm recording this on Friday, April 8th. And I just read that Will Smith has been banned from the Oscars. It's like it's a, it's a, you know what I mean? Like, oh my goodness, he is no longer allowed to go to the Oscars. Who gives a shit? The Oscars are boring. Also, he already got all the press out of it. I don't know. I'm starting to, with time, right? Outside of the memes that were pretty funny. I'm pretty over this. I'm all in on Chris Rock. You know why? Chris Rock hasn't said shit yet. Chris Rock's just going to see. He's going to keep his guns in his holsters. He's he's out working out bits right now because he's going to have a special going. You know I'll have something good to say about it. I like that he didn't just get it out there and have to have a reply. Just let the news cycle be the news cycle. You know he's got it. You just know he's got the fucking lines. They're two there. I'm dumb, not funny, and I can come up with half the lines. You know what I mean? He's just he's, It's going to be so good. I don't know, man. I think the only thing, I think the only move Will Smith would have had was to stand up and be like, listen, we've all been in that space where we weren't paying attention to our partners and we thought something was funny and their feelings were hurt. And then I acted like an asshole and, you know, my bad. And like alopecia, you know, (laughs) it's hard for me to. If this wasn't alopecia, right? If this was some sort of breast cancer, like Chris Rock could be canceled. But it's alopecia, so we're all like, I don't know, man, calm down. But you know, we're all a little henpecked from time to time from either a boss or a wife or a husband or a partner. You know, don't you have a little compassion? I was like, who gives a shit? Ooh, he got banned from the Oscars for 10 years. Ooh, I can't go to the dentist for three years. What a punishment. Whatever am I going to do? Um, let's go back to all, all I want to I want to think about this comment a little. Are all Australians funny talking Wyomans? There's a lot of similarities there. <clears throat> like, you know, you're both like people from Wyoming and the very little I know about Australia and the people I know from Australia, they're tougher than burn owl shit. They're just tough people. You got to be hardy. It's cold as shit. Summers aren't that pleasant. There's like six nice days a year in most of Wyoming. It's windy. It's like it blows 48 miles an hour every every day, basically, except for one Thursday a year. It You know, I feel like that's probably Australia. It looks windy there. They're all a little, 
you know, a lot of gingers and wind-blown, sunburnt people. Also, a lot of, like, crazy racist, like, conservatives. <laughs> I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not trying to make this political right away. But, like, you know, you people know who you are. Um, Good comedians. The comedians I know from Wyoming are funny. Comedians I know from Australia are funny. There's a lot of wild, you know what I mean? You go on a walkabout. You go, you go get on a horse in Wyoming and you go clear your head. That, that's an Australian thing, too. I'm going to stick with it. Australians are just funny talking Wyomans. <laughs> um, what's else going on in the news? Oh, we got the new Supreme Court judge. I don't know. We can do a little bit of politics. It's no longer... I no longer want, I no longer, and now it's part of the cycle, right? Like they televised the whole thing. They, and right and left, right? Uh, although the right is this time around was particularly maybe the straw that broke the camel's back, which has been, you know, what, what the Republicans have been a little famous for in the last cycle. But like, you're just shooting. Uh, listen, man, we do this for a living. You take one and a half minutes of really good sound bites. You'd crop that into a TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook video. You send it to your people. Look what I'm doing to defend the blah, blah, blah. It works for both parties. And there, there's your fundraiser. That's, I, listen, I'm not saying there isn't time for that. I just think now that we're televising the Senate confirmation hearing, now it's stupid. Now it's American Idol. Now it's, my friends Judd Hoos were just on a fucking TV show on NBC this week called the American Song Contest. And, like, it's basically the same thing, only it's not as shitty. I, and, and you can't, what do you do, right? You can't not televise it, because then there's the conspiracy theorist dipshits who are like, oh, my God, the, comp, the process needs to be... Know, you guys are forgetting, man. You can't put ads to a Senate confirmation hearing and then not have it be a clean bill of health. I'm in advertising, and I know that. Here's the thing. You know what? I don't, you know, this woman is beyond qualified. You can't vote for her. I mean, you know, they all, I thought the last few were too, right? They're just qualified people, even even though everybody tries to find the thing that buries them on it. And I'm not t- picking a side right or left here. This is the, you know what I remembered from this? This is, there's one, there's one picture. This is what you should remember from this, from the Supreme Court hearing. Take your, take your rights and lefts out of it, right? Like, First off, the court is still very conservative. So those of you on the right, just calm your fucking tits. It's not like it's going anywhere. You're still winning all of these things, and you have every conservative court stacked in every circuit. I mean, you're just you're in good shape. You just got you got to realize when you're winning a little. <clears throat> but also, hey man, it's the first black woman on the Supreme Court. That's kind of fucking cool. Let's make a little bit of deal about it. And if you don't want to make a deal about it, that's fine. Why don't you remember this? Because everybody can relate to this. This is the picture. That I think about when I think about this woman's confirmation. There's a moment during the hearings last week where, like, you know, Ted Cruz is asking about our baby's racist or whatever the fuck. And she's got this look at the, I, can't, I don't know her name, sorry. I'm not gonna look it up either. It's, you know, what we're talking about. This is still typically fucking lazy American. The new, whatever. Okay. There's a picture of her patiently, like, trying not to make a smirky face because you got it, because you're in the Senate confirmation hearing. You got to, you know, have respect even when you're not getting it. And her daughter is right behind her. And this Supreme Court now judge is just patiently 
trying to get through it best she can. That'd be hard for anybody. And this kid's just looking at her mom in total fucking admiration and awe and like humor. There must have been a moment of one of these questions. And it, it's it, it it was so it's so nice. It was so why can't that why can't a proud kid being proud of their mother who's going to be the first black female Supreme Court justice be something that like even racists have kids, right? Like even even Billy Bob in the Klan's got got Teddy too. Or, or, or Suey Edge or whatever they name these fucking idiots. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> Suey Ted. Vicky Boob. Billy Todd. I don't know. The South, man, you're always going to have that. Until you get rid of your racism and all your Appalachian Mountain Dew mouth names, like, you're just going to be stuck with it. It's your own problem to fix. What do you want me to do about it? Um, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Do you, you want to get all the politics out of the way? Um, let's see here. Oh, I thought I'd give you here's your South Dakota news update. And like, if you Google South Dakota and you put a news alert for it, and you only set it for like major things, you don't want a daily update. You only like, hey man, when South Dakota's in the national news, I want an alert. You'll find it's always <laughs> headlines similar to this. South Dakota Attorney General not to get impeached and not to be fired and can't be charged for, you know, killing a guy. And here, like, take the headlines and the news and the and the politics out of it for a second. Just here's what's going on. Here's what it sort of seems like anyway. Our Attorney General was texting and driving and... He's maybe the dumbest attorney general we've ever elected in the history of time. He's never even tried a case before, but we're so fucking Republican in this state, we'll put up any idiot Republican, and this is proof in the pudding. And, you know, texting and driving, tragic. I don't think anybody did it on purpose. But it sure seems to be like maybe he knew it was a dude and is like not quite, can't quite prove it. And he's also about to get his ass kicked in an election by like 137%. And after this, he'll disappear. And so, you know, yeah, we should impeach him and all of that. But, that, you know, there's going to be a civil suit. And he's already criminally cleared. We're not all complete fucking morons in South Dakota. You just, you know what I mean? You got to just trust us on this one. This guy will be gone in nine seconds. And, like, hopefully this state learned its lesson. But also, you know, it's the whole thing's tragic, and maybe the lesson should be don't text and drive. I'm not trying to get anybody out of it. This I don't, I've never I've never met our attorney general. I don't know our attorney general until he killed a guy in a road who was hard to even say his last name, Brownsburg. That's how you say it. Uh, you know, I didn't vote for him. I voted for the Democrat because the Democrat tried cases. Um, I don't know. I it, like it's yeah, man. It's embarrassing, and we get it. But like, it's not South Dakota. There's your South Dakota news. Anytime you'd like me to defend this fine state, I feel like I will put up my best effort because, you know, we're doing our best. But this one is not um, far from a profiling courage is how we handled this. I'll admit that, (laughs) I think, is the funny way to put it. (laughs) Uh, All right.
Let's talk about something else. You know what I rewatched recently? I, uh, Ozark. You guys watching Ozark on Netflix with uh, Jason Bateman? Great, fantastic, thriller, thriller minute. Can't put it down television show. But I'm bringing it up for a different reason. Do you know who I find incredibly hot lately? Helen, the tall drug dealer lawyer from Ozark. Like she's seven and a half foot tall and in like power suits. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know this makes me sound like a weirdo, but like it sounds kind of fun to wrestle Helen. <laughs> don't you? You want to wrestle? I don't mean, I mean it all consensually, of course, but, and I know it's a character, but it's just, you know, it's just been a thought in my head lately. I thought I'd throw it out to you guys. I just, you know, first off, that woman, you know, she's hot. Yeah, for, a, I don't, I'm not trying to be an ageist, but, you know, for a woman that age, there's a lot of women that age that, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be, you know, a lot of people's mark of beauty, I guess is how we'll say that. But not Helen. Helen's, you know, keeping it tight. Looks like she can bench press some things and she's wiry and probably has a knife on her. I don't know. The whole thing just sounds like it's it's like a higher household income version of the crazy stripper that you that you have a crush on when you're young because it, you know, the 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 insanity and chaos of it all sounds a little sexy. I feel like that's a that's a that's a very dude thing. That's a straight that's a straight dude thing. I was talking about this with my lesbian friend. And, like, you know, we're both attracted to lesbians. But straight dudes have a have a, have a strange attraction to, to the hot crazy scale that I don't think lesbians have. I mean, there's a number of differences, but that's certainly one of them. This is all, I don't, th- I don't know if I go as far as call- calling this a theory by any means, but maybe we're on to something. Uh, I'm just saying I want to wrestle Helen is all. I drove by, okay, so earlier, this weekend, I, um, you know, part of what we do here at the Home Slice Group is we work with some concerts, and I got to do some shows with Chancey Williams and the Younger Brothers Band in his hometown of Laramie, Wyoming, at a thing called the White Trash Bash. Listen to this city, people. I'm at this concert called the White Trash Bash, where you get in in costume like in, like redneck hillbillies, because, you know, you can still culturally appropriate that. We're all still winning. White people don't care. And... There's a couple of interesting so like this dude walks in. This dude is just there from Denver and he's got and he and he couldn't be more NPR. He looks like he showed up as a writer from the New York Times and, and complete with like elbow patches on his sweater and the whole deal. And like he shows up to this hillbilly redneck party where they're I mean, you know, let's just this group is what it is. It's a bunch of young twenty three year olds screaming, Let's go, Brandon, getting hammered to country music and having a good time. And, uh, you know, that's <laughs> probably not his original scene, but he wanted to come check it out anyway. I thought that was great. Came right in at the time of his life. The only one that was better was when, <laughs> it's okay, Japanese dude walks in with another Japanese dude. And the, the Japanese dude, A, is, is, is bilingual, can speak English and Japanese. Japanese dude, B, only speaks Japanese. And so I'm watching these two try to translate what a white trash bash is from like <laughs> from my had a couple of gin gin soda explanation. Actually, it wasn't even mine. It was Kelsey's. Kelsey's trying to explain what a white trash bash is to the dude who's bilingual, and the dude's kind of 
putting that back into what you think that could possibly be in Japanese, and they walked right out. Apparently, we couldn't figure out the 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 <laughs> the conversion on the language. Oh my God, Laramie is a is a strange town. A beautiful little town in Wyoming, though. If you ever get a chance to check it out, there's great little shops. It's got a cool downtown. It's really I don't know. It's like a it's a weird little bastion of liberalism in the in the sea of Wyoming conservatism. But, like, you know, people in Wyoming, for the most part, get along. I don't know if that's true or not. They don't on Facebook, but they don't on Facebook anywhere, I guess. Uh, to get there, you have to drive through the middle of nowhere, and then you get into some beautiful spots, and then you have to drive through South Dakota's middle of nowhere. There's a little town called Edgemont, and it's where America stores its weapons and mines its uranium. And, it, you know, if you think about what that landscape looks like, it's pretty accurate. It's a little bad landsy, a little... You know, it's got a real Lord Humongous controls the wastelands uh, aspect to it all. I'm not trying to shit talk anybody from Edgemont. There's only seven of you or so who live there. But, you know, that's what – look it up. You can Google it. We've mined a shit ton of uranium there so we could drop bombs on people one day. And we also um, – there's a, there's this whole, like – there's a private co- – I can't remember the name of the company. We'll do a little Googling. Got a computer in front of me. There's a private company – where you can buy, I think I've talked about this before. You can buy bunkers, Edgemont, South Dakota. Okay, um, the company is called Vivos X Point. They're the world's largest survival bunker complex. They just sell these things, right? And so it's <laughs> it's the largest survival community on Earth. These are the fucking people who live in Edgemont. I'm telling you, you people in Edgemont want to fix it. This is up to you. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's 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 like totally off grid. And in, a, in so a, a million, not a million years ago, in the forties, fifties, and sixties, probably seventies and eighties, a little probably up until the start treaties in the nineties, America housed a fuckload of weapons. And so there's like five hundred and something private. They were built by the military in, like, concrete and steel and, like, their bunkers in the ground. And and this company bought it from the government. And what we did is we stored food and guns and bombs and hand grenades and clothes and everything we'd need to fight all the wars we'd want to fight in. And we never really used, did, did anything with them. And so now they just place the shits in the middle of nowhere. Because out here, this is also where we have the – this is where we – if we bomb another country with – nukes there's a decent chance it comes out of this area either from a plane or from a rocket in wyoming so like you know if russian if putin starts hitting the switches we're on the list so like think about that if you will (laughs) but okay back to this company you can buy for like 25 grand i remember being the base price you get your own private survival bunker and then you can load it up with shit if you want. Like, they'll even put lamp. They'll decor it for you. Like, a, like if you really want to go all out and have a really nice, you know, all your canned food and some nice curtains and shit. They'll put all that in there. And then you got to just get there. You get the keys or whatever. And the whole thing's like a military complex. And it's, it and like, they sell it to rich people. I like that, right? Like, as long as the nukes don't kill us, I feel like, even though I don't have one of these bunkers. I don't know. Here's what you got to think about. You know who's going to buy these bunkers? Rich people. And, like, they're going to helicopter there. But then they're not going to know how to, like, eat canned meat and, like, defend the people. The people who live here already 
are excited for you rich people to come buy all these bunkers and stock them up with canned peaches because we have all the guns and we're tough as shit. You don't know how to defend your life. <laughs> you don't know how to, you know what I mean? You never, you're, you're like, you threw up when I talked about the packing plant stories a couple weeks ago. You ain't going to make it. Fine, you buy all the bunkers you want. We'll take them when we need them. It's over a hundred miles of roads. It's not like it's not like a fucking KOA campground. It's like it's a county. It's like three times bigger than Manhattan. Vivos X Point. You can even get them like they have different plans, just like you would a like if you're building a house. The whole thing's fucked up. Oh, priced at the prices have gone up. Priced at just forty five thousand dollars per bunker. A couple years ago, it was only twenty five grand. So you know. Oh, look at this. For those of you, um, those of the, for those of you survivalists who are looking for a more hostile experience priced at just $15,000 per person, you can get a 16 person shared bunker in a shared space. That'll be the first social contract to break down. All the bombs go off because everything's turned into shit and you got to spend the room with 16 strangers and it's not a reality show. Like you're actually all going to have to figure out how to live. <clears throat> it was like one dipshit fucks that up for everybody. Oh my god, they have a glamping bunker. Oh, for an <laughs> What the fuck? For an extra 10 grand, you can do a cl- glamping. Your glamping is glamping is glamour camping where everything's super high end and you know, you camp but it's like super rich people camping. <sighs> White people will fucking buy anything, man. I'm telling you, there's not. <laughs> that is all filled with white people. I don't know. I You interpret that how you will, but that is that is Edgemont. Edgemont stores America's weapons, rich white survivalists, and the uranium we mine to, <laughs> to bomb the people we don't like. Welcome to Edgemont. You can hire me for your tourism department, Edgemont. You could. You, I'm serious. We'll be real. Like you know what I mean. Come meet the survivalists. It will. It'll be. It'll be the new wall drug. Um. So we should. Here's a. I'm weird about smells. Some of you think this is funny. I have a high sensitivity to weird perfumes and stuff, and so this week. The we share in our building that we work in here in the in the fine studios of Home Slice, we share. There's a bank that's also in here, and sometimes they do trainings in this big room that's next to ours. So I'm walking in, grabbing a cup of coffee, and uh, and there's like you know there's like 40 bankers all sitting in a room, learning some banking software about credit and financing, and I. Have you ever smelled? A room full of bankers in the morning when they're like fresh out of the shower and 18 shots of cologne on and perfume. It's you could have if if anybody would have lit a match, somebody would have died. <laughs> I wouldn't make it six minutes in the banking industry, I don't think. But you know, here I am with mediocre credit and a couple of stories. We all took our path. <laughs> I'm just for those of you that might be bankers. Or any room, like if you're going to be in a room of 30 people in the morning, half the cologne, half the perfume, you are, you are, you are doing everybody a favor. 
You don't have to say anything. You don't have to acknowledge it. We don't have to cause a fight about it. Just the next time you're doing some corporate training and you're in a room with everybody, two shots less. You're doing everybody a solid. Listen to your listen to your Uncle Murdoch here. <laughs> um, what do you want to do? You want to do a quick story from Alcester? I got a lot of I got a lot of emails lately about wanting to hear more packing plant stories, which I don't know, man. Some of them are pretty gross. Maybe that's the shock value. I mean, I guess that is the shock value you want. Someone wanted to know more about the bolt gun. Maybe I'll do that next episode. Um, the <laughs> the packing plant story I thought of this morning, I guess the first one that came to mind, was the summer I had the crush on the girl in the chit room. <laughs> I feel like I need to explain a few things here. Okay. So I, th- I think I'm like, I don't know. I'm maybe 17-ish. I'm a kid yet. And in the in in any in the in at least the packing plant, if you didn't know, if this is your first episode, I gotta set all this up. I I do a bit called Stories from Elsister, a little town I'm from. And there's like seven hundred people there. And uh I worked when I was a kid, I worked at a packing plant in the, in over in Iowa. And um in a packing plant I worked in, it's all, you know, like bacon doesn't just show up in the grocery store. You have to disassemble a pig and make it into bacon. And there's a lot of things that go on in a, in a, in a business like this. And it's not, you know, it's not, a, it's not clean. It's not a tattoo shop. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, there's, we're making bacon, man. There's guts in the middle of all this. Okay. So in the basement, so, okay, let me set this. How do I make this make sense? There's a conveyor belt in in the packing plant that like um, dissects the pig, right? Just like you would in high school science class, and you there, the lungs go here and the hearts go there, and the, it's just like a game of operation kind of. And the and the and <laughs> and the small intestines go down this chute into what's called the chit room. And now I need to explain what chitterlings are. Chitterlings are a uh, um, sometimes called chitlins or chittens. Chitlins is how I know them, but they're technically called chitterlings. Uh, they're the small intestines of pigs uh, cooked and fried. Um, and that doesn't, you know, sound appealing to most people because the first question you see on Google is, is there poop in chitterlings? Because it's certainly the small intestines. And if you don't know how the body works, food goes from the stomach, even in pigs, down through the intestines, where, you know, it eventually turns into a form of poop and that comes out of you. Welcome to your science class. And for years, it's a soul food thing, right? Um, and, and you know, I think like white people generally think, but like you know it's a soul food thing so like it's it's what you it's what you're raised with um but yeah basically chitlins are fried small intestines and they're not bad really um you can stuff them as a sausage or uh kind of fry them up and eat them with with spices um you know i've had some good chitlins i've had some bad chitlins but you know back to the chit room up top on the first floor, conveyor belts going. We're playing the pig operation game, hearts, lungs, kidneys, etc. Boom. Small intestines go down a chute into what's called the chit room. <laughs> so now let's go downstairs. We're downstairs in the packing plant. 
And in the chit room, and this would be 1997, 8-ish, okay? In the chit room at the time, it was filled with 10 to 15 uh, Mexican uh, uh, women. I, I'm not saying that only hired Mexican women. I'm just saying it was filled with 15 Mexican women. Most of which are, you know, I'm 17, and these women are all in their 40s and 50s and 60s. There's a couple of 118-year-olds just, you know, in the chit room. But there was the most beautiful. You got to remember how off the farm of I was, and just, you know, a little white farm kid. Uh, and, like, I was I was like the like in the like in Godfather Two. I got the lightning bolt, Apollonia style. The <laughs> it was a is a Dreamweaver from Wayne's World. I'd walk through the chit room and then I you know she's in her like hairnet and like you know scrubs. It's not it's not like she's wearing a sexy outfit. You know it couldn't be more unflattering. But she had the most beautiful face. And as a seventeen year old, I would just Dreamweaver. I just be like whoa. I, and like I'd find reasons to walk by. <laughs> Walk by the chit room so I could get a gander at, I have no idea even to this day what her name is. All summer long, I had a crush on the girl from the chit room. If you'd like to know how the chit room operates, so the, so the small intestines, <laughs> like how this is part love story, part disgusting thing about small intestines. So you, uh, you drop the chitterlings, small intestines down the, at this point, they're still small intestines. And they're like warm, steaming warm straight from the pig into the, into the, into the bucket. Um, if you work in the chit room, you take a small intestine and, uh, which is in, think of it kind of like a, kind of like a, I guess, think of it like a condom, if you will, or a sock maybe would work. And there's this aluminum, um, um, like, like candy cane shaped thing that, that, that has a bunch of holes in it. And that thing sprays out. I don't know why I'm going on about this. Like, I just know it. Here's your fascinating dipshit facts about chitterlings. So, like, you, 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 you slide the small intestine on like a sock, and you just roll it up and roll it back and roll it up, just like you're cleaning, you're cleaning the, you know, cleaning the stuff out of the small intestines. And, <laughs> and that's all. They do that all day, on, off, on, off, on, off. And, uh, and uh, you know, then you get done with that, and you throw them in this, like, washing machine thing, and it gives it a couple of extra spins or whatever it does. I actually don't. I just assumed it was a washing machine. I don't know what it's actually doing. And then they put them in a fucking barrel, and off you go on the truck. And that's how you get chitlins. <sighs> I wonder what happened to that girl. I mean, I could, like, heart stopped. Beautiful. Would, and would, and would, so, like, I would work over in the, in the barn, or I would work over in the, in the maintenance shed and hanging trolleys and stuff. And I, I'd be, I'd get a little break, right? And I wouldn't even go to the break room. I just like gonna walk by the chit room, see if I get a glance at the chit room girl. And like, no, zero. I have zero. I took two years of Spanish, and the only thing I could say is "Donde es tu es mi." I can't even say it now. "Donde es, uh, donde es el baño?" Where's the bathroom? And like, do you have my pants? Two pantalones. Um, I have angry cats. I think I remember how to say that. Those are the three phrases I knew how to say in Spanish at the time after two years of taking Spanish in high school. And I believe she had the similar version of that in English. So even and like I would like, you know, fantasize about how we, I could I could like oh, I don't even ask her out. Like, I think I might have even Googled. <laughs> how do you get? Would you like a cup of coffee in Spanish? Oh, young love.
that could never be based on Lutheran stereotypes. <laughs> That's the summer of my crush on the chit girl, and those are what chitlins are. And this has been Book of Murdoch. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You guys have a good day. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producers Mark Houston, engineering Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share, and you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.